Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Villains, welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. It is touching half 11 here in Ireland, and Villa have just beaten Leicester. And we are one point off the top of the league with a game in hand, having played four games when the majority of the league have played five. And I'm joined by Paddy today. By the way, just in case you're wondering, this is Neil, and I'm joined by Paddy today. And it's 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 almost like it's it's an out of body experience, Paddy. I don't know what what's it like for you. I I like last minute winners, seven two wins against the champions. Last minute winners against uh, former champions. What's going on? Like, I don't know whether I'm putting it down to twenty twenty or I think I'm still asleep or this pandemic is just <laughs> taking the turn for the better. I can't honestly can't put my finger on. But there's absolutely no fear of losing there. You know, we're looking looking at a very solid back four, a very solid goalkeeper, and we've just turned everything around. And uh, before we go any further, just for... That makes it official. That makes the win official. official. (laughs) This is uh, our second uh, drunken podcast in a row. Yeah. After we played a Sunday night game. So we reckon Sunday night games have to stop because Monday mornings are a bit of a struggle. So at least we have Friday night to look forward to this week. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't work the, the Monday after the last one, but I am working tomorrow. And uh, I, I was didn't uh, do much work the Monday after the last one either. <laughs> yeah, I tell, I tell you, if I have another can or two, I'm going to need armbands to stay afloat. I think at this stage, uh, it's been a <laughs> it's it, it's it's been a, a liquid lunch type of day. Uh, in anticipation of this game, I think it's uh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been absolutely fantastic. You know, like, like 
look, the game was nothing really to write home about. It was, it was, it was this. But no, sorry, what you would call this if you were writing an article for the newspaper, you'd say it was one for the purists. I think is what you would say because uh, there was nothing really that that massively stood out other than John Moss's propensity to allow the game flow when he probably shouldn't do. Um, John Moss is playing checkers when everybody else is playing chess. I've no problem with John Moss as a referee in a lot of senses because you know what you're going to get. It's just that if when you've got John Moss refereeing one game and Michael Oliver refereeing another game on the exact same weekend, and the two of them can the two of them view off the ball fouls or they view late tackles in completely different ways. It, it look it's 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 just a talking point that really shouldn't be there. It's just like if you're going to pay referees, no. you're going to standardize them. John 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 Moss, look, uh, it, it's it's not it's not a a, a a kind of a question of the man himself. It's just I suppose the interpretation of the laws and it probably just highlights another thing about refereeing in the in in the game. And and I want to get this off my chest first, I suppose, really before we talk about Aston Villa because I have got yeah. so much so many good things to say about Aston Villa and I have so many good things to say about Leicester. And you're you're right to get it out of the way. But I, I want to get it out of the way because I don't want it's, to it's nice actually to um come on and give out about a referee when we've actually won the game because we've gone through so many years of hurt and var last year and everything else. Yeah. But John Moss needs to go home and look at his performance tonight and give his head a wobble because he booked people for their first fouls and le- allowed that Castagna, is it? Castagna? Yeah, he, um, Castagna was very ag- agricultural, I think, in his approach to Jack Grealish tonight. Jesus Christ, he, he could have nipped that. He, he, he gave out yellow cards like confetti. And I think he, your man was into a seven or eight foul before yeah. he booked them. Yeah. It's bloody madness. It's, it's, it's so inconsistent. It's unbelievable. Um. But look, for once, we're on the other side of it. We we put up with an absolutely abysmal refereeing performance and we won a match. So let's be thankful for that. Absolutely, exactly. And I, and, and I suppose the way I... Like, yeah, I, you know, we, we talk enough... Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. I'll try and regain my speech there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> the double digit cans are, are beginning to kick in but uh, no I I, I, I think uh, like obviously I'm, I'm trying my best now to, to, to kind of be conscious like we, we, we've spoken about social media trolling and stuff with players and stuff like that I think it's conscious I think I think I want to be conscious of, of, of referees as well and look John Moss doesn't go out there to, to fiddle a game or anything like that but I genuinely believe that certain referees have a different um viewpoint in the game they have a different philosophy towards what a, a tough tackle is and what isn't and like genuinely the age gap between john moss and, and, and michael oliver uh maybe may and i'm taking the, just the two of those because i've seen the two of those referee this week and i think maybe the 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 five six seven eight nine ten years i don't know what the difference in age group between the two of those guys are but i think like we all know it. We all know that that guy who's maybe a couple of years older than us. That's like, and my day, this never happened. Our fellas got up off the ground and they took their clattering and they were able to deal with it and stuff like that. And, and look, whether you think you're, you know, that your your shit don't stink or whatever, you know, at the end of the day, when you get to that age, you're going to be the guy that says, in my day, 
stuff like that. You know, we got away with the ditch. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, and and I suppose the older I get, the the more I empathise with with referees that are a small bit older. Um, but I do, and I do empathise with John Ross and John Moss. John Ross, Jesus, John Ross would be some referee, I'd say. Um, but John Moss, I do empathise with him in this situation because you know, and I do empathise with referees because. You know they're in a tough situation. The, the continuous professional development, and you know as you get older, you, you find it difficult to stay fit. There are very few, like nobody plays at the top level well into their late forties, and referees are expected to run around the field in their late forties mm-hmm. and 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 be svelte individuals. And and look, as I said, but I still do think that there should be a standardisation of the rules and the implementation of the rules and so on. And and you know there's a couple of late challenges today. On both sides, I'm not saying for the. Were, of course, were, it was. Like yeah. there was a there was a there was a couple like Maddie Maddie Cash pulled the his trousers though. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I, I also said to said to my son, if you remember rightly, six or seven years ago, Nicholas Selenius had his yeah. pants pulled down in the penalty box, and the referee waved play on. If yes. memory serves me correct, that was the same bloody referee. It, it could, could be have wrong, been because because the same referee because Laney's got his shot away and it, I think it was saved or did it go wide? The referee played no, on. He couldn't get a shot. He, he he kicked it, but his yeah bloody pants were around his ankles at the time. It was yeah yeah yeah. I, I remember <laughs> he it, just Nick. waved play and, and genuinely look, Nicholas Anelius never really recovered in less than a shirt from that. Now I'm not saying no. that that was the reason why, but like he was he was a job. That was one of his last. Real performances. It was it was spores Absolutely. in the Carabao Cup or whatever it was called yeah. at the time. Yeah. But look, I know you say we shouldn't dwell on it or talk about it. The guys get paid very very well to do the job they, they do. do yeah. If they're not up to scratch, yeah. they they deserve the criticism. Yeah. We've criticized criticized a lot of them over the years. But I thought today, when you look at the amount of fouls that man committed to get to the seven. Castagna, exactly. Yeah, he guard, was. Yeah. Whatever happened to persistent fouling? Why is VAR not going? Uh, John, that's his fifth foul. I think you should give him a card. Do you know what I mean? Mark Kinsler is at home going, I would never have been yellow carded if I played in this. <laughs> Mark Kinsler was the man who always got carded for persistent fouling. Mark Kinsler, uh, mm. and, 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 and well, yeah, he played with Villa for a while as well, but that was the running joke. I know where, when I was watching Ireland matches, when I used to watch it with the same crew the whole time, that was the running joke was, okay, can we put a bet on, on, the seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth foul when Mark Kinsler is going to get booked for persistent fouling. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, as I say, look, and as I say, we, I wanted to just get off my chest at the start of the start of the podcast because while I don't like, I feel that like horse, like it, it was, it was the same for both teams. I'm not saying that he was, he was necessarily batting against Aston Villa. I just felt that you know, you see other referees being, um, I think a small bit more sharp on the on the on, on the uptake of the interpretation, and and then you see other referees that aren't, and like God forbid, I don't want a man to lose his, lose his livelihood or anything like that. But it, it's it's worth highlighting it that, that that maybe you know that referees should be maybe the same sharpness. I think from from that point yeah. of view. But then again, well, look, you don't want to take the human Kevin, element Kevin out of the game is, either. Is a good bit younger than him, and give me Kevin, give him, give me John Moss over Kevin Friend any day. Exactly. Of the week. Exactly. <laughs> so we move on and forget 100%. about referees. Today. Absolutely. No, hundred percent. Because we're, we're here to talk about winning four. And, <laughs> and I, I remember back in the late, back in the the mid to late nineties, David Ellery. You know, there was a time when I used to hate him, and I was only 
in my mid-teens, like early to mid-teens, and I used to hate to see a David Ellery on the field. And then I used to go out and love to see David Ellery in the field because of the consistency he had. Yes, he was a, he was like a headmaster on the field, but you knew mm. he was a headmaster on the field for every single player and every single team. Now, I'm not saying that John Moss was favouring one team over the other, but I'm just saying that sometimes when there was a bit of leniency at the start of the game, and as you say, Castanier was, was basically... You know he 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 was able to kick Greedy shutting down up into the sky and so on when he wanted to. But uh, but that's what people do. They they kick him till they get a yellow card, or, yeah. and then they've got to be a bit easier. But they go to seventy three minutes. It must have been at least six <laughs> fouls. I I, didn't, I stopped counting. Yeah, but it must have been at least six fouls. But look, yeah. <laughs> we've got better things More to talk about. Paddy. Absolutely, more important things happened tonight. I, I, I thought Dean's look. We called it in the in the pre-match game, um, same team, same subs. But we got the same team right. We didn't get the same subs right because because uh, Keenan Davis wasn't on the bench, um. So we were nearly there. But uh, yeah. fair play to Dean Smith. You know, a- after two weeks, sometimes your mind can get the better of yourselves. And and I've been the, I, I've been that way as well. In in, in um. Sometimes when I when I when I've got a long period of time between I'm doing things, I try and second guess myself, and I try and second guess my you know where whether maybe I'm doing things the right way or should I make a change just to see if this is the right way or whatever or will I I don't want to sit in my laurels and and you know the mark of a good leader and a good manager is that he can stand over his conviction and say that listen if it ain't broke don't fix it and don't don't, it. and sometimes making yeah. changes is a cowardly thing to do as well you know. Uh, because and I think he, he's old school in that way. I think I think yeah. he's, like I've coached and managed, and I believe I've always believed that you don't change a winning team. And to be honest, there was no reason to change it. And I think most of the players out there justified their position on the pitch. I understand oh, yeah. that Traore is breathing down the neck of Trezeguet. Trezeguet put in a shift, albeit it wasn't anywhere near a man of the match shift, but he worked hard. And he looked like a completely different player. And, you know, credit where it's due, giving him enough slagging over the time. Not slagging, but criticism. Um, but I thought he put in a decent shift today. Um, can't complain about his effort. Um, and, he's, you know, maybe that's what he was missing last year, was someone breathing down his neck. And we might have had a different player last year. Oh, I think Trezeguet was absolutely fantastic today. I think he was, I think he was definitely in my top three players of the game. Um, on the Villa side of the ball, uh, we'll come to our Laker Sportsman match later on in the podcast. Uh, because I, I've forgotten it nearly twice in the last two podcasts, so I won't let you forget tonight. Yeah, as drunk yeah. as I was after the Liverpool game, I didn't let you forget it, so we um, won't forget it tonight. <laughs> Paddy, I, I'm so drunk at the moment, I might forget to finish the pod so we could still be here on Wednesday the way things are going because I, I, I've, I've, I just love talking about Aston Villa. Uh, <laughs> For us. Well, look, it's, it's 90 years since we won our first four games, so let's enjoy it for what it is. We've had yeah. a lot of years of work here. Yeah, We've so, put up with an awful lot of shit. And, you know, there was the years that we were in the championship, I wouldn't even look at a Premier League game. And to be honest, I certainly if I'd have paid 17 euro as a neutral or 15 pounds to watch that tonight, I'd be pretty upset with the money I'd spent yeah. because it was pretty poor. It was a, it was a, it was basically two decent technical managers cancelling each other out. Jesus. That's the way I saw it. It was, a, it was. Go on. 
No, no, no. You, you, sorry, you go on. I'm just I'm, I'm, my exuberance of my alcohol intake is sorry. Go on. <laughs> yeah, but that that that's how I saw the game. I, I would I would be disappointed if if I had to pay seventeen euro or fifteen pounds as a neutral to watch that. It was poor. Mm. It was, it was a, it was a game of chess, which was a little bit dour. But if it had finished nil all, I'd have been happy. But <laughs> to go back to that Chelsea fan that said Ross Barkley needs five shots, he only needed two tonight. <laughs> so happy days. Right, I have two things to say. The last time we won our first, what was it you said? Last time we won our first four games in the league. First four games in a row. 1930. Yeah. Do you know who was playing with us that time? The great Thomas Pongo Waring was uh, playing with Aston Villa back then. Um, yeah. Uh, our greatest so, ever striker. Our greatest ever striker. Exactly. He only got five caps for England, would you believe? See, it was happening fucking back then. The bias was there back then. It, yeah, Southgate's grandfather was over the team back then, you see. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Villa paid four. Villa paid four thousand seven hundred seven hundred pounds for him in in nineteen twenty eight from Durham. Ungawering, yeah, yeah, from wow. uh, from Tranmere Rovers. Do you know what? That's gas. No one has ever paid four thousand seven hundred pounds for me, you know. And and ninety years ago they were paying it for players. And look, I I, I think ninety years ago I would have scored 159 goals and two hundred sixteen appearances for Aston Villa as well. But then again, that was I've a big fee. Ninety years ago, I'm sure that was a huge fee. Yeah, and a crowd of 23,000 saw him play and his Villa debut in a reserve game against local rivals Birmingham City, in which he scored a hat-trick. Happy days. Instant hero. No wonder, What well, I was just about to say, no wonder there's a statue of him, but I don't think there is. <laughs> not, not where I've got, that where I've been around anyway. Uh, <coughs> anyway, getting back to it. Uh, you said something else there a moment ago, and I've completely forgotten in my alcoholic haze. Um you mentioned something about 90 years and then you mentioned something else again after oh you mentioned it was a dour affair and um, when i was watching the game i didn't think it was a dour affair but what i thought was i thought it was an affair whereby like i suppose maybe this is the mindset i came into it because i always thought i thought the video were going to play for a draw and hope for the best and I think the like if anybody here has ever played poker, and I very very seldomly have played poker in my life. Uh, I have a lot of vices in, in 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 my in my life, but but I but poker is something that if someone gave me twenty quid and said there's a poker classic on, I go ah, I'd play it, and I might play it for ten years, and that's fine. But I would be that guy who would not unless I had the best hand at the table, and I knew I had the best hand at the table. I wouldn't play it. It'd be risk averse. Is, is what I'm trying to say here, and I think it was risk averse when I was getting at the, at the 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 predictions before um in, in our preview show, uh, and I said maybe they got two two. Uh, I just didn't think. I just thought it was too good to be true. The Villa would keep a second um away clean sheet, but they did, and I think that's what Dean Smith has set them up to do is to not concede first and see what happens. And when you've got a guy like Ross Barkley there, and, and you see Ross Barkley's shot, it takes so much of the pressure off Jack Grealish like that like there's no way in the world like like much and all as we love Conor Horan actually do you know what that's unfair I was going to say there's no way in the world that Conor Horan would have been able to score that goal tonight he absolutely would have been able to score that goal only difference would have been he would have done it with his fucking left foot but I think that Ross Barkley has made such an impact in these two games that it's 
it's now like no matter what way, what side of the fence you come down on, it's it's undeniable that he's pretty much paid back his seven million fee already. Uh, or am I just looking at a true carrot and blue tinted glasses? Like like basically we've we've gotten six points from I, I said I said in the last podcast, if you were to give us four points from Leicester and Liverpool, I'd rip your arm off and I'd run a mile. If you were to give me six points, six points, do you know what I'd do? I tell you, go away, you're drunk. That's what I would have said. But like, because it, it's it's just not something I ever thought was possible. Hey, I think you might be on mute. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to let the listeners hear me uh, supping my point here. Um, <laughs> the strange thing, what I said was the strange thing about Ross Barkley was I thought. In, in the game, he he overran the ball a couple of times and gave the ball away in funny positions that you wouldn't expect him to be in. And uh, the tactical masterclass of, of Mendy marshalling him for most of the game fell apart when they brought on Chowdhury, who was completely oblivious to what was going on around him Absolutely. for the goal. Yeah. I, you know what? That's, that's mad, Paddy. Because when he came on, um, first thing that went through my mind is, okay, they've... Because I genuinely thought Pratt was going to get sent off. He was, well, he was only a couple of niggly folds. The folds he had were literally like, he might as well kick fellas up the arse for the folds he had. Like, like they were they were blatant enough. But when they brought him off, and I like Pratt as a player, and I like Tenemans as a player, but when they brought on Chowdhury, I thought Chowdhury wanted to play on the right wing. I thought when he came on, I initially thought he came on for Barnes, and I looked back on my phone, and I saw he came on for Pratt, and I went, ooh, He's after bringing him on in a defensive midfielder position. Here's somebody we could possibly get at. And, and as you say, he he was nowhere to be found when... Um, oh, he was completely ball-watching. He was standing 100%. in the other half of the pitch when, when I think when Barkley picked up the ball, it was so, so, so bad. But look, it was gonna, I think it was going to take the mistake and a, a little bit of genius to, to unlock one of the defences tonight. And thankfully, it went their way. Yeah, um, I, I must say though, Leicester have some fantastic players. Like, like I'm not going to come on here and say that Villa bossed this game. They, they absolutely didn't. Look, we, we, we got no. that smash and grab at the end, and and you know that's. I thought that's we played very well, and we we're probably the better side for the last I, half an hour. Absolutely, I, I thought we we're the better side throughout the game. I thought we we're the more structured mm-hmm. side throughout the game. I thought that uh, the the fact that they were like I'm going to call it again. I'm going to call that word agricultural. Like they they booted like when we got into advantageous situations, this booted us up in the air, and they did it a couple of times, and 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 that's fine. You know, look if that's a tactic, uh, I'm going to I'm going to hope Villa employ that tactic at some stage during the course of the year because it's you know if if you've got it if you've got a lenient referee, why not why not use that to your to your um to your ability, but. I think that Jack Grealish for me was like like from from a from a uh, the pinnacle of like the guy in the field that makes shit happen. Jack Grealish was just like he was outstanding today. Like he was like he was he wasn't my man of the match. Spoiler alert: he wasn't my man of the match. But when he got that ball in around the, in around the, the the box, the things he did. Oh, there was a beautiful drag back, Paddy. It was it was just like. 
like the skill he has. Like if you're picking a five-a-side team, Jack Grealish is the fucking first name on it. And if you're picking an 11-a-side team, he's the first name on it as well. He's just so good. That drag back at the edge of the area. And and I think it was Castaneda just ran straight past him. I was like going, oh, you dirty man. And then there was another one where he just backheeled it straight into targets, Pat. Like the man's playing, like he's playing a completely different game to other people. You know, it's just fantastic. And and the, the and what I'm going to get at here as well is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of in half rant mode now at the moment, talking through the haze of Guinness. But uh, the like we go back to the to the pace and power thing that the, the Southgate said he wanted. Like Jack Grealish was eating ground tonight to, to, to get up to the ball because we weren't exactly playing a lot of people far up beside Watkins. No, and there was a lot of actual times as well where Watkins came out to the left-hand side and Jack went in centre-forward. In, especially in the first half, I saw that a good couple of times. I'm going to be interested to see. I'm not going to be able to read who scored. No, everything will be blurred. But um, I'm going to read it in the morning. But Jack really did a fantastic job tonight. He was everywhere. He was back defending it and everything. But those little dirty little things he did around the area and the times he, he ghosted did, into he, the area were just fantastic. He did majestic stuff. The, oh. the only criticism I have is that he didn't take on the shots when he had a chance. I think. Fair. He probably yes. tried to work, work it in a bit too far. Like yeah. let's let's be fair. There was uh, there was numerous opportunities where he could have had a shot on target. I think I shared with you before the game that I did a bet that Ollie Watkins and Jack Reedy <laughs> would have a shot on target. I all about that. That's why I was watching it so carefully. Watkins did have a shot on target, but Jack didn't, and he had numerous opportunities. So that's why my uh, awareness of that was a bit heightened. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah, some of the stuff he can like he he can unlock so much and so much so that he he almost frightens or catches our own players unaware to where the ball's going to mm-hmm. end up. You know he's he's different class. He's absolutely different class, and uh, I just I just uh, <laughs> I just can't believe we're still talking about it, our fourth win in four games. Isn't it amazing? Because you know we 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 go back eight nine months. Some of the games are very, very hard to get excited about. You know, the game itself today is very hard to get excited about. But we're on a roll here. And as we always say, winning is a habit. We've now won four on the bounce. Next week is going to pose a different challenge, playing Leeds. We've got an extra day to recover that they don't have. So kind of hoping they get a bit of a tough game tomorrow against Wolves. Hope Wolves turn them over. And uh, hopefully we can hand them their arson next Friday night. But... Uh, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Leeds game. Um, for for a couple of reasons. Look, we we've come through the championship with Leeds. Uh, I don't hold the same malice as a lot of people do about the Patrick Bamford incident. Um, like that was just two teams fighting at the top of the league. We were fighting to get into the in, into the to the playoffs that time. Look, it is what it fucking is. To be honest with you, there's no, like there is no rivalry between Leeds and Villa. Um. Oh, I hate uh, them. I hate them. There's not many teams I hate, but I hate Leeds. Okay. <laughs> I, really, I don't really don't like Leeds. <laughs> I, 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 my father-in-law that lives with me supports Leeds. My brother-in-law supports Leeds. And well, just, you've you've got an excuse. So <laughs> yeah, I've I've a father-in-law who'd forgotten Leeds existed for the last sixteen years, mm. and now I've got to listen to the bullshit he's coming out. Fair <laughs> enough. I can. He, I, he's picked them in the last man standing, and myself and Stephen were knocked out. Stephen picked 
Chelsea, I think, and I picked Sheffield United. So we're both knocked out this weekend. And he's picked bloody Leeds, so nothing sure Leeds will win tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it's I, I never had any real graw for Leeds, to be honest. I always thought, you know, the old dirty Leeds tag that they had was kind of fitting. Um, Bamford completely baffles me. And it baffles me that he could barely score a goal in the championship and now he's scoring goals in the Premier League. Like, what the hell? Well, he did have a couple of years where he scored 20 in the championship prior to, 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 to last season. But um, my biggest problem with Bamford is he's 27 years of age and he now goes, I think I'll play with England. Like that for me is comical. Off with you, kid. I'm I'm thirty I'm, I'm thirty five and I'm 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 leafing through my my family history to see do I have a, yeah did I have a grandfather from uh, Saint Kitts and Nevis am I getting an international cap there somewhere along the line you know uh, <laughs> I'm I'm still no, fingers it, crossed it, I might declare you never know the absolute <laughs> bullshit he he pulled in the in the game when they scored the. Yeah, yeah, where you know, we're yeah. expecting him to kick the ball out. The stuff that he pulled that day was a disgrace. Bear in mind what they just done, it was disgraceful. I know it was, it was pure shithousery and have no time for it, no time for it whatsoever. Um, I was a bit pissed off with Emmy Martin is today, he went down very easy, you know, caught a spade a spade when giving out Will Patrick Bamford. Yeah, yeah, Emmy Martin has took a rub on the shoulder and went down. I don't like that. I don't like it in any club. I, I despise cheating. And for me, Patrick Bamford epitomises the word cheating. He's an absolute disgrace of a man. Disgraceful footballer. Anyway. I've got to give some ballads. I don't really care. I don't really hate him as much as that. <laughs> but, but, and I've got to say 99.887% of the internet is now saying you fucking hypocrite. Jack Grealish plays at Aston Villa, but then again, 99.88.7% of the internet doesn't watch Aston Villa and knows that Grealish isn't actually a diver. He's actually a really good soccer player and he's not a naughty boy, as they say in the life of Brian. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry about that. Um, I have another person I want to really, really praise in this game today. Really, before I look forward, because I, I don't really like looking forward in a lot of times because, um, number one, we're doing a fucking review pod, so I shouldn't really be looking forward. But, um, Esri Kansa, Bef- actually, Patty, talk to me about Esri Kansa before I go off on my uh, my little uh, soliloquy and my, my kind of uh, what's called Shakespearean soliloquy about, about Esri Kansa. I'd like to get your own uh, your own views on him because um, I want to soap my point. <laughs> well, we we we've unearthed a little gem there, and people don't realise how good he is. Like you're talking about Jack Grealish playing for England, this guy should be playing for England. He is absolutely fantastic. He has the ability to be a legend at the club. For many years to come, and I really, really hope he is because, like his, I, I know you're big into your stats and your analytics. They are second to none. Um, I prefer to look at the broader game from, from a coach's point of view. I'm not really big into stats and stuff like that, but it just he it, to have himself and Mings at centre half, the trust 
that's there. Um, our two fullbacks tonight, fantastic. Ming's fantastic. Cons are fantastic. The trust you have in your goalkeeper. All of these things are part of a jigsaw. And I just, I'm absolutely mad about Esri Conzo. I think he's a fantastic player. I can't say fantastic enough, can I? Too many beers. <laughs> like, like you, run out, you run out of words to describe him because he just flies under the radar. And then when you say it to someone, they go, oh yeah, I forgot about that. He's mm. just a brilliant player. And, you know, the potential is there to get even better. And Dean Smith has bought so good in the summer. It, it really shown up how good some of the players that we had you know, it, it it's 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 actually hard to describe, but you know, I know you have all your stats and analytics and everything about him because we've spoken about it before numerous occasions. Um, there was one one stage where his stats were the best in Europe, wasn't it? But just after lockdown, no, that that was Courtney House. Oh, was it? <laughs> okay. uh, and 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 I will not hear a bad word about Courtney House either again. As well, no, me neither. not from you, but not on Twitter. I would not. I will be the gatekeeper. For Courtney's house is what I will be, and uh, as for Esri Kanza, I, I there was a couple of games last year I had to bite my tongue, and I, I like this is I'll say it again, Paddy. I'm an Aston Villa fan. I reserve the right to be fickle at any given moment, at any given time. And there was one or two games last year with Esri Kanza, and they played him right back. And this is where I was getting at because. Esri Concert right back was grand, is what I would say. He was fine. He was grand. I wouldn't like him getting too far over the over the halfway line and whipping in a cross. But Esri Kanza defending a cross, Esri Kanza in alongside Mings, Esri Kanza. I actually thought a couple of times tonight, like it's Ezra Kanza makes the calls back there. It's what I, from what I can see. He's 22 years of age. This guy is seven England under twenty one caps. He's like I am um, the, the the maturity this guy exudes uh, on the field uh, in in the year twenty twenty since since this new season has started has been it's been baffling and it's been it like it's and the reason I say it's baffling is because like we didn't see it from him when he played it right back and it's amazing and it's amazing that. The coach you can do this to somebody that that you might have somebody that you might play them like and 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 for you, Paddy, you coach young kids or whatever like that. Sometimes coaches just might put a guy in the wrong place and he doesn't blossom. And Ezra Conza probably did a job. I don't know whether he did a job for Villa last year or whatever Villa thought he could play there. When Villa first signed him for thirteen point three million, quoted allegedly, seemingly whatever you want to say from Brentford because it was an undisclosed fee. And I think it was close to around thirteen million. Um, I initially thought he would be a centre-half, but maybe play a defensive midfielder. A lot of the times he got his game last year for Villa was right back. But this year he's got this kind of this this aura about him at centre-half. He's not he's not incredibly tall. Like, like we're, we're not going to say, like, he's six foot. He's six foot if he's six foot. He might be 5'11", you know. But, Jesus, he's, he's, he's very mobile. And he's very talkative. Like you just, you, I just see him. I his mouth doesn't stop moving. Now I could be, I could be wrong. Someone might tell me he's a quiet, he's he's a silent assassin. But whenever I see him on the field, he's directing people left, right, and center. So when Mings gets the ball and Mings turns around with his left foot to play that raking ball across the field or to play that ball up front, 
Kanz is directing everybody in front of him. He's telling McGinn where to be. He's telling fucking Douglas Louise where to be and everything. He's fantastic. And I think him going in centre-half has been a massive uh, plus point for Douglas Louise and a massive thing for Douglas Louise to allow him to be told maybe where to go. I could be completely wrong in this. I'm 10 points in. I don't know. Um, this is what I remember from tonight. And it's what I remember from the last game as well. But yeah. I must say, Ezri Kanza is our... Like, like he's he's our he's he's our diamond in the rough. I think um, of of this whole team from this year, he's our diamond in the rough, and I am absolutely delighted to to that that he's not. And, and do you know what? I'm delighted a lot of our players aren't getting the media attention that they that they should be getting, because as the longer we stay in the long grass, the more comfortable this team will be. And, absolutely. And 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 I think that that guys like Ezra Kanta, John McGinn. Douglas Louise, Trezeguet, Trezeguet as well. Trezeguet is bloody fantastic. And we're going to come to our Laker man a match in a moment. And, and, and he's definitely been a guy who's been in long grass. And he's somebody that I definitely want to give a huge round of applause to today. But um, I, I, I actually, do you know what? I think we go, we, we go straight into it, Paddy, because our Laker sports man a match today, uh, we, we, we spoke about it before the podcast. And Which we don't normally do. Which we don't normally do. We normally come up because it was a, it was a tough choice. Well, it was the, because because it was a team. The last few weeks, it's been easy for easy for me to say who it was and know that there will be no backlash from it. Yeah. Because for some reason, all all of the sources, media sources, gave it to Emmy Martin is today. But I thought, hand on my heart, Maddie Cash was man of the match today. Absolutely, Maddie, Maddie Cash did. Matty Cash did everything that, that you want to write back to do today. And, and more. He's beautiful. Has anyone seen him? He's beautiful. Um, Matty Cash up and down that right wing, hard tackling, covered in for his right back for his centre halves when the centre halves sh- shuffled over. Look, Carlos made a shovel here. Matty Taggart goes forward. Tyrone Mings covers that left back channel. Ezra Concept becomes a centre half and Matty Cash pulls in. Trezeguet comes back. We see that a million and one times. If you can't see yeah. that as an Aston Villa fan, just go back and watch other games. It happens It happens nearly on every single attack Villa make. Every single attack that Villa make up the left, left wing. Matty Cash is fantastic. He's just fantastic. This guy, there was question marks over him, even playing right back in the championship this time last year. He stood up to the Premier League. He had to mark a guy, Harvey Barnes, who's after getting his first English call up this... this I'm, I'm right in saying that this last... International uh, situation. No idea. <laughs> I, I I think he did. I think he might have got called up for that. I could be wrong. I'm sure yeah. someone will tell me if if I was. Guy, I don't have a Barnes. Don't particularly rate, as in a, a a true soccer player. That's fine. I think he's got fantastic endeavor, and I, and I think he could be an inter, international soccer player. But but from a, a purely skill point, don't think he's outstanding. But Maddie Cash did fantastic. Maddie Cash was able to 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 deal with him and deal with yeah. Tellemans who came over in his wing as well and deal with just James to Justin. Our, our other Matty who had a yes a really yeah. good game as well. In fairness, our two full backs I thought were awesome tonight. They, they they have to be commended for it because so often yeah. Target is the butt of many jokes. Yeah. Um, on social media, but I thought fair play to him. He was brilliant tonight. Yeah. With the Lakers, um, sports, it wasn't it wasn't an outstanding performance, team performance by any means. It wasn't a classic, but fair play, Matty Cash, little shadow that was man of the match. Matt Target, a great 100%. game. There's a few more you could add into that. Even even to say Ollie Watkins, 
didn't get on the ball enough for me, yeah. didn't do an awful lot. So what? You know, we're going to get games like that where other players will um, will have to show up on the day. I thought Leicester did a really good job on Jack Grealish. They doubled up on him early on. Then they left him to Castanier, who had him yeah. fairly well marshaled because he fucking fouled him every time he got a chance. But, um, you know, we're, sit- we're sitting here now. I think the two of us are in a little bit of a haze at this stage. I think we were drunk the last day after the Liverpool game, but this time we're just like, I, I, is this really happening? I was yeah, exactly. I was I was euphoric after the seven two, and now I'm kind of like, yeah. Well, it was, did, it's, did, did it's I wake up on the We've said it so many times because there's so many Liverpool fans in Ireland, and most of our best friends are Liverpool fans. Hmm. And you you you've got to rub this in while you can, <laughs> but now we're like sitting in second place, four wins out of four, game in hand on Everton, one point behind them, and you're still saying to yourself. Oh, we've another twenty odd points and we're safe. Yeah, you know that, and and that's just all the years of hurt that you're you're thinking. You know, which way should we look? Should we look up? Should we look down? Should we look sideways? Should we yeah. be trying to sustain ourselves in Champions League spots? It's just nuts to be yeah. even having this conversation. And big shout out to Dean Smith because again, another tactical masterclass. Him. Didn't bring, didn't panic. Bring on subs. No. Yeah. Happy with trust in I was, team. I, I, and and Paddy, that's a great point. I was screaming for subs at one stage in that game. I was like, fucking it, bring on a fucking bring mm-hmm. on John Terry. Someone, yeah. I sc- someone I, on I, I, at one stage I said, Okay, try to get your your races run. Now it's time to change it. And it was about yeah. another 10 minutes before he brought him on, but he did. And Charlie played well, I thought, when he came on. No, he did a different he did. job. He did he put himself about and ghosted yeah. more into the middle of the field. And, and to be honest with you, with Troy is Troy is actually the game and game probably opened up the middle of the field a small bit more because people were expecting people to come into the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or they were expecting on the left hand side where the ball came from to people to go on the outside a small bit more, but it came into the inside of Ross Barkley. He just had a shot, just a pot shot. And, and it went in past Casper yeah. Spikel. And look, I don't care if, if it goes in off someone's arse, if we if we get if we play what, what what have we played five games? If we play thirty three more games and and, if, and we win goal, we win by goals going off someone's fucking tie or arse mm-hmm. or off someone's mother. I don't care as long as it's a legitimate goal. I don't care, you know. I really don't. Yeah, I'm at that we're stage. We're flying now, under the radar at the moment, yeah. and, and probably teams will wake up to us and we'll be looking at what we did to Liverpool and teams will do yeah. to us, and you know it's bound to happen at some stage. Again, that's the years of work behind me going in, you know. Um, but like I remember heady days like this in the 90s and the late noughties that we were up there or thereabouts and you were expecting us to win games it, you know despite the fact that we won four in the bounce I'm still not expecting us to beat Leeds on Friday no I'm the same you know it's, I, just, I think Leeds, it's just a worry in the back of the mind Yeah, I, I think Leeds prove a, a, a massive threat because they're so gung-ho they're so balls to the wall like you know that there's that, that if we if and, and I'm I'm 100% expecting changes in that team on Friday night. I'm 100% in expecting change. Yeah, in our team. Yeah, I'm 100% expecting changes. It's it's in Allen Road. You see, uh, we've got two away games in a row. I'm I'm, I'm expecting away, uh, changes in that team, and I'm expecting. Mm. A, I'm not really bothered about away games. To be honest, I suppose not I'm not either. Without 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 yeah. without fans, but what I'm what I'm. Like, I, I, Albeit, think, I'm, I'm glad we're not going there with, with the full house of yeah. Bane for Blood 
yeah, no, just open the Premier fans. League, just open the Premier yeah. League for you know, yeah, and and they would see us as as fair game considering that they 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 struggled in the in, in the championship with us as well. But no, I'm 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 actually weirdly more, I was weirdly more confident of tonight than I was than I would be of Leeds because Leeds. You are, don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what Leeds yeah. are gonna turn up. They're, and they're so gung ho. So, like they've they've got a great manager. Yeah. They've got, you know, you know they they've strengthened well. And you know it could be four three, it could be one nil, it could be a ten nil. You just fucking have no you, idea. You what leads and I'm leads. I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the week. But for now, let's enjoy what's happened exactly. tonight. Exactly. And, and um, leads, leads I know a lot of right. people. I know a lot of people have comparisons to Leicester just staying up. And then going and winning the league the following no, year. We're not winning and league, let's. I'm I'm by no means saying that that's going to happen, but I'm just so happy to be where we are now. And long may continue, and long may us pick up points here and there. And I'm looking forward to the <laughs> the time where we get to 35, 40 points, where we can start enjoying the football even more. And that's that's just the way, that's just the way it is because we've just been worrying about staying yeah. up. You know, and and of course we worried about staying up for the last three or four years before we did eventually go down. Anyway, yeah. so um, this is all new. To- Anybody in around the Galway area or the Roscommon area or the Mayo area or whatever the fancies trip over to Galway to, to watch a match with us once this virus ever fucks off, uh, we'd be delighted to have you. But uh, my biggest thing here is that there's an older and um, o- older generation of Villa follower in Ireland, like from the 90s, and, and now we need to be sexy again. And Dan Bardell, I was on the Villa View tonight, and Dan Bardell asked me, he goes, Are Villa becoming sexy again? And I'm going, like, I think they are. I think we're becoming sexy again. I think we're becoming indie. We're becoming underground kind of fucking, you know, like that that kind of that 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 thing that no one wants to go home and tell their mother they're a fan of. And that's cool by me as long as we're getting fans. That's that's absolutely fine by me. But um Paddy, if I if I continue to talk, my neighbors are gonna come in through the fucking wall to me because uh, they're right beside me here. Like I'm right beside the wall here. <laughs> they're gonna murder me. Um, and it's it's nearly twenty past twelve, and I've got two young kids, so so I better wrap this thing up. Um, we're second in the league, Paddy. What's more to say? You know, not much more to say. We're, not much uh, more to say. But we're on a roll. Winning, winning is a habit. Exactly. All on Friday. Thanks be to God. We've now got twelve points on the board. Full house. Twelve points from twelve points. Drive it on. Winning is a habit. Let's do it Friday. We'll talk about it later in the week. Absolutely. Enjoy what we have. And we'll see what happens from here. Up the villa. It, it took us it took us 13 games to get 12 points last year. Dan Bard Dan Bardell reliably Jesus. informed me on the on the Villa View today. So listen, thank God for small mercies. We're in an absolute uh we're in a great place. I think it was ninety-nine when Dean when um Dion Dublin was with us was the last time we were in a position like this before. Listen, guys, all that's left to say. Is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.